Alex, hello. I think we're back. I think so. You, you sound a little upset today. <laughs> no, it's just the, uh, you know, the internet technology you not sound, working out. You sound like Gary Gould. Like, you know what the thing about technology is, is it keeps the ruckus out, as he would say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Making this 10 times harder than it has to be. I give up. It's it's cutting out, man. I don't know what the issue is. Okay. Hello? I missed a good 20 seconds of what you said. Yeah, same. Okay. You know what? Fuck it. We'll do it again. Start again. Three, two, one. Alex. Round two. two. I think it's a bit later than round two. Maybe round five. I don't know. We're we're back. I hope it stays together. The internet it's not working. I had a Gary Gould joke ready, but that clearly didn't work out because it, I don't know. It's a mess, Alex. We're recording on a Friday today because of course I'm going to be in Montreal for the game between our two favorite teams tomorrow. So it'd be better to try and get an episode out now. Normally we would have headlines and hockey night in Canada, but we're going to make it do because we are professionals. Yes. Yes, we are. The setup may not be, but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) We're no 31 thoughts on the fly, but... We're we're better. Oh, okay. Have you listened to the new episode, by the way? Of course. Yeah. It was decent. It was spectacular. Is it? Is 31 thoughts... Is it above the SDP for you, or... It's you know I can't you know what the thing is I can't compare the two, really. Yeah, because they're different styles, right? Where it's it SDP is a little more casual, not in a bad way, but in like they don't really care what the, about what they're saying. They're just throwing everything out there. Whereas um, Thirty One Thoughts is very on point. That is true. You know. Well, let me let me ask you this then. If you see, if you refresh the podcast app or wherever you listen to your show, what do you, if you see STP and Thirty One Thoughts? There's a new episode. Which one do you click on first? Thirty One Thoughts. Really? Okay, then. We well, because that- they've probably because they've probably listened to. If you go listen to the STP, they've probably already listened to Thirty One Thoughts or at least read it. That's true. Every Wednesday on Sportsnet.ca, Elliot Friedman, Jeff Merrick, you love to see. It's like a feature piece, but like a book. He could write a book a week. I'm amazed that Elliot Friedman hasn't written a book yet. Man, he writes 31 thoughts before the actual 31 thoughts. (laughs) Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. Everyone, the the blog is every Wednesday, and the podcast is just whenever him and Jeff decide to get out of bed. Friends of the show. 
Yeah, but if you if you go it, right before the, the thought number one, it literally is just another thirty-one thoughts from Elliot Friedman. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but he could crush a book out really quickly. I think. In a week, he can do a book a week and just be called 31 Thoughts number one, 31 Thoughts number two. <laughs> you know how comic books, I'll bring it up right here. Right now, I have a manga. It's three volumes, right? And, you know, I think it, it's a bunch of chapters. I think it may be, I can't remember the exact amount, but it's a ton of chapters in these volumes, right? So I imagine that. It, you could just put 31 thoughts together into volumes, and by the end of his life, Friedman may have, what, like, hundreds and hundreds of volumes. Because you know he's got some Thousands. <laughs> For sure. You talk about thousands. There's a player who's had thousands of miles put on his body from wear and tear. Brett Seabrook of the Chicago Blackhawks is expected to miss five to six months he will be back in time for training camp in September, and this is apparently after undergoing three surgeries in a six-week span. One wait, including wait, wait. hip. I thought he was out for this season and next. Uh, I thought from, that was confirmed. I am looking at SB Nation from Brandon McCain saying that uh, Brent Seabrook is out five to six months <clears> and uh, he will be ready or should be ready for tra- training camp. This article, this that this article came out yesterday. Okay, that's weird because remember when they announced Calvin DeHaan um, and Brent Seabrook were going to be out for the season? Yes. We had that discussion. They also talked about Brent Seabrook being out next year because he was supposed to have surgery now and then surgery later on because I think he had to get surgery on both hips. I know the most recent one I saw was the right hip surgery, and that was that came out from TSN about 21 hours ago. It was the mo- most recent update, and even they're saying he'll be ready in five to six months so maybe it's not as bad as they thought but regardless alex i think the real takeaway here is i thought this was going to be the end of brent seabrook but now they've come out and said that you know what he'll be back now you may i don't know if you know this alex you probably do brent seabrook is under contract until 2024 6.875 million dollars per year what's he gonna get after this Hip surgery. Look at Corey Schneider as an example. It's going. It's going to be uh, LTIR money. That's oh. what it's going to be. I don't know about that. Maybe if, if they get a rental the year, because they've already come out and now said he'll be back for training camp. Yeah, but you never know. You know how things are. I know that the Blackhawks are silly, and I know Brent Seabrook still wants. <clears throat> Yeah, but money. It's money. Cool. I think it's I think it's going to be for sure out at some point if I think you know what the thing is though is because we've had this discussion about the Chicago Blackhawks before. I guarantee that they will need that money eventually. What was the cap you said 5. Point what? Uh Brent Seabrook's contract? Yes. Is Sorry, Brett Seabrook makes six point eight seven five. Oh, okay, six point eight. Never mind my five. Six point eight is a whole lot of money 
especially in this cap, with this cap situation. Um, obviously, we both know they're not going to go down the rebuilding stage. If they were going to be a rebuilder, you could potentially see see him playing a couple more years, even if he is really isn't that good. But that's not going to be the case. Uh, they're essentially retooling. I I don't know. It, it, it again, a lot of money could go somewhere else. Uh, you look at the goalie situation. Both of them are UFAs at the end of the year. I mean, is Corey Crawford still a starter? Uh, you know what I mean. I don't think so. I think I think you could bring both of them back, and that, I think that would be the best duo. For sure. I think that would be the best do one two duo. I think that's better than Bishop Hudobin, and I think that'd be better than Raskalak. Uh, this season, Corey Crawford has a 9-12 save percentage, his record 10-13-3, and a 2.91 goals against average. So, I I wouldn't say better than Bishop and Kudobin. Because, A, I think Bishop is better than Robin Leonard. And, of course, Ben Bishop is more of a body of work, in my opinion. But you say Seabrook playing. I think if, if Seabrook is playing anywhere or quote-unquote playing, I think he's going to be a coyote. Or... It would cost a lot, a duck. That's what I was going to say. But then again, are you, if you're the Anaheim Ducks, look at this Blackhawks team that, if you're honest, cost you a good chance of the few Stanley Cup finals back in the day when both these teams were super competitive. The heyday of of the likes of Ryan Getzlav and Corey Perry, it's going to, if I'm the Ducks, I'm looking at the Blackhawks and saying, all right, you're going to give me anything I want for taking this deal. If you're the Ducks. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But anyway. Yeah, I, that makes sense. You know what's really awesome about the NHL? Uh, how stupid the standings are. I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, there that is something dumb. Stupid, in a, stupid in a good way. Stupid in a good way. Another stupid thing about this season, though, is just how bad the Detroit Red Wings are. And what I mean by that is last night, there was an absolute barn burner of a game, Alex. I don't know if you know this, but the Red Wings and the Sabres had a clash. Wow. It was like an earthquake on the fault line on the western coast. I don't know if, you know, the premise of that movie where the rock was, like, driving, you know, he's flying a helicopter, the earthquake movie. San Andreas, I think, or something like that. It was, that's the magnitude of this game. It was like a natural disaster, how intense this game between the Buffalo Sabres and Detroit Red Wings. Detroit win and get their 30th point of the season. Wow. They are so good. They are now only 17 points back of the Ottawa Senators. They are now only 34 points back of the Panthers for a playoff spot in the division. Only. They're now on a one-game winning streak and are now 1-8-1 in their last 10 games. That is incredible. (laughs) That is incredible. I can't tell you how much I look at this game and I think, wow, 
this is hockey. This is the scenario where, first of all, you got the Buffalo Sabres just full of passion. A great fan base that are really going to games now. And, and you know, D- Detroit having a heartbreaker scoring with two with point two seconds left in the first period. And, Alex, what am I saying to myself? Like, the Buffalo you're Sabres. You're trying to convince. You're trying to convince yourself that this was a big game. The Buffalo Sabers are at a point where they're losing to Detroit in heartbreaking fashion. The, the half. Here's what's really annoying, Alex. I was telling you about this. So the Habs win last night, and I go over to watch this game because I see it's an overtime. I'm like, who doesn't love overtime? You know, Larkin, Eichel. That's going to be good. And for some reason, Pierre Maguire just randomly starts saying, well, the Habs have lost to Detroit three times and to the Devils three times as well. And they're outside the playoffs. I'm like, wait, wait, hold on a minute. Why are you talking about... Okay, but anyway. So it just gives you a point now Buffalo is there. They're losing to the Red Wings, who, again, only have 30 points this year. What what's happening, Alex? What do Buffalo do, honestly? I don't know. I you know I'd say rebuild, but we're like five years into that. Yeah, do you remember? That- there was a point. I don't remember what year it was. It, it, it was within the last two to three years, where people were trying to convince Lee fans that Buffalo was ahead in the rebuild. Now, they started theirs first. That's the funny part. Uh, may, okay, they started theirs a year earlier, technically. I mean, the, the Sabres have started. They started their rebuild first. And How at, did they start their rebuild first? When was the last time Buffalo were actually good? I they don't know. When was the last time the Leafs were actually good? Yeah, but at least the Leeds, Leafs were in a playoff series. The Sabres, since I have started watching the game of hockey... They were barely in that playoff series. If you're talking about 2013, is that what you're talking about? Yes, and I know that's not... I know 48-game high- season. They should have been swept. That team should have been swept in yes. four games. In three games. No, in two games. They were literally on the back of James Reimer. That's it. That's the only reason the team made the playoff. The playoffs. Buffalo Sabres have not been in the playoffs since 2011. Okay, so, but that doesn't mean that's when their their rebuild started. I don't even know when to tell you the Leafs rebuild started. I couldn't tell you. Was it the year Shanahan came? Sure. I would argue maybe when it's was it Horacek that he fired? Horacek wasn't fired. Horacek wasn't signed, resigned. Yeah, wasn't there a guy that they originally did resign but then got rid of? Oh God, no! Horacek was the assistant coach. Oh okay. Randy Carlisle got fired. Oh Poor check was brought in, and then I think he had. Oh, maybe he did get fired. It was okay. I have it up here. Randy. I don't want to. Then, like. then in 2015, Horacek was the interim, and then I don't exactly know what happened to him. But then Babcock took over. Did Horacek have a full season with the Leafs? 
Uh, he had 42 games played in 2015. He came in for relief, I believe, from Randy Carlisle that same year. So not a full season. And then 15-16 was Bob Cook. Yes. Um, that was some... That was... Uh, just thinking about it. Well, the Buffalo Sabres, Alex, they're a bit of a... I... I don't know where they're going to go. It's a shame that Jack Eichel continues to be so, so good, but he's the only one who seems to give a damn. No one else. I have a question. Yeah. You're you're a big Jack Eichel fan. Like, you're very high on Jack Eichel. I am. At what point does Jack Eichel go into Jason Bottle's office, call Terry Pagulin, because, you know, he can do that, and say... Trade me. Just get me out of here. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a good question. And I, I've seen there's talk there's talk. Well don't forget Jack Eichel got a GM fired. So I, I, I don't know. I mean he's committed to to him. At least the Oilers have, you know, made some steps forward and they may make the playoffs this year and they had that one great series against the Ducks. I don't. I don't know. He's already visibly frustrated on the ice, so I can't imagine he's gonna be there for much longer. I. I would imagine maybe it's one more year, because maybe after this is when Jack finally goes in there and says, "All right, listen, you fix this, and maybe by, if I'm Jack Eichel, by American thing, not not American Thanksgiving, because that's when they start. To, that's when they start going down the hill. Let's say if the Sabers aren't in a in a good playoff position next season by the All-Star break, maybe that's when Jack Eichel finally says, okay, you get me the hell out of here. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't think you can trade him mid-season. Why? That's that's difficult. Why? Because that's a whole lot of pieces being moved. Like, obviously, you have one piece being moved that's Jack Eichel, but you have to move. And I can imagine the pieces that Buffalo could, could get back for Jack Eichel. I don't think that's something that happens midseason. I think that happens, um, could happen at the draft or before free agency or just after. Then, do you, would you think that maybe Eichel finally, then this season, if it keeps going? No. Next season, I think if it's another dumpster of a year, then that's I that I don't know it. it you know he he signed long term. He obviously has some. He obviously wants to be in Buffalo. Um, maybe next year is too soon. It could be the year after. But I think if he's going to get moved, it's going to be a summer move. I think. It's very difficult to move a player of that caliber mid-season. Then this this may be a stupid question, but if there is a time when Jack Eichel is on the market, <clears throat> who's after him? Actually, the better question is, who doesn't try and go after Jack Eichel? I think it... Well, I think it'd be stupid of a GM not to make a call to Jason Botterill or whoever the GM is at that time. I don't think every team pushes hard, but they wouldn't be doing their job if they did not make a call. 
I can only imagine that maybe the best thing they could get is, you know, no, how, how about this? This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm thinking for Jack Eichel trade. So the, <laughs> the St. Louis Blues give you a call, right? Oh, come on. And one of the pieces they offer you is 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 a Swedish forward who clearly never does not want to leave. Um, a six foot five questionable prospect and like a second. I think that no, you get you get more for Jack Eichel than you do for Ryan O'Reilly. All right, all right, all right, right. A conditional second. Okay, maybe, maybe. Okay, I have a question for you. I have a question for you. We're completely off topic, but that's okay. Um, If you know Jack Eichel gets traded. What is Mark Bergevin's excuse going to be for not going after Jack Eichel? <laughs> oh, see, that's tough. He's going to have to go, I will, because he won't mortgage the future, obviously, Alex. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure Eichel would want to be a had, but, you know, the, the future, my man. I mean, how often does a young centerman of that caliber, I don't know, maybe he just doesn't want to pay the price. I don't know. There's a lot of excuses. <laughs> Why are you doing I, I, sorry, because as soon as you said, as soon as you said what teams would be interested, I went straight to Mark Bergevin. I mean, I hope he'd give a call, but then I just can't imagine the return that they. Yeah. You know what? I mean, look at the Taylor Hall trade. Look at all. You know, there's a bunch of the the last like the Carlson trade as well. Like. God, I really hope if there is another blockbuster trade with a star player like that, that some teams start going for quality and not quantity because um, um, that Carlson deal, brutal. Even if he isn't... The Carlson deal? Yeah. The Eric Carlson deal? The Eric Carlson deal. I mean, you mean the one where they're the about to get this... Contract are both pretty bad. You mean, you mean the Carlson deal that's about to get them another lottery pick? Okay, I forgot about that. That's true. That's very, very true. You know, if they get a top five pick with San Jose's first rounder, they're going to shove it in everyone's face. I mean, until they trade it away for something. Yeah, um, I don't think uh, that would be so stupid. But more quickly on the Ottawa note, um, congratulations, you know, good for Bobby Ryan, who is now back practicing with the team. No timetable for his return, but of course, spending some time with uh, the player assistance program. Good for Bobby Ryan. Yeah. Uh, shifting gears here. That's a good little sentence. They're shifting gears. Parking that subject. The good old Jeff <laughs> classics. Alex, I need to ask you, what is your read of the bye week? I got it. Let me pull it up on my notes. Well, as you're getting your, I up, got it. It's the athletic. Just the whole athletic. That's it. Pardon? Just the the athletic. Go read everything. No, 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 no. It's, it's James Myrtle. It's James Myrtle. It's about the Leafs. It's debating the merits of the Maple Leafs weaponizing up to nine million of LTIR cap space. <laughs> Alex. Whoopsies. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> like, what the f- 
thought, Alex. Okay. You put that in. You put that whole sentence in. Uh, that's that's the cut back into the show. And you go, okay, well, yeah, yeah. How the hell do the Leafs have nine million? For, I thought the I thought that LTAR room was to fit the martyr contract. How the hell do they have that much cap space? I have no idea how they have nine million. I am so, or I bet we would know if we read that article by James Merlin. Yes, 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 exactly. I'm so confused. This team, that team is so confusing. Do you want to know? I, I let me pull this up. Tell me your read of the bye week. I got a f- weird fact for you. All right, mine is also from the athletic. Ken Weeb quote: "I can make things happen one on one with Patrick Laine on confidence, contracts, and rock paper scissors." Yes. Oh. Oh. Did you see his quote about Bufflin? No. He said so. I'm gonna paraphrase here. He said something along the lines of, "He makes a lot of money, and we really could have used it." Didn't, you did not have the reaction I thought you would. Sorry, repeat it again. I just I read it here. Go say it. Pa- paraphrasing, he said that yeah, Bufflin makes a lot of money, and we really could have used it. <laughs> Who said that? Uh, Patrick Line. <laughs> Yeah, I, exactly what I said last episode. Okay. Wait, what Leafs was, back. Did you? Why don't yeah, you, they could have. Did you quote Liney or are you saying like what you brought no, up? No, that's what I brought up last episode. Okay, sorry. I thought you brought up a Liney quote and I just completely forgot about no, it. No, no, no. Okay, so you know there's the estimated salary expenditure, which is what they actually pay the players, not the cap hit, the actual salary. For okay. that year, you know, you want to know how much the Leafs are paying this year? Is it ninety-five million? No, that's their cap hit, projected uh, cap hit, a hundred and fifteen million dollars. A hundred and fifteen. A hundred and fifteen million dollars. So, uh, and they, oh my god, I'm. That's, That's so- in just salary. That's because the I'm pretty sure the Marner and Matthews deal are front loaded. The Tavares deal is front loaded. I, I I don't know which other deals are front loaded, but that one, those ones. So the salaries are extremely high at the start. Do you That's want why it's so high. Signing bonuses for some of these players right now because I have it in front of me. Sure. Freddie three million. Austin Matthews is a signing bonus. Of fifteen point two million, <laughs> John Tavares fourteen point nine, Marner fifteen point three, Nylander eight point three, Kerfoot has one of four point three, so does Janssen three point seven for Capitan, and Pierre Engvall ninety two thousand five hundred dollars. Same with Sandine and Lilligan. Imagine it. Imagine. You know, you go into work one day, they hand you your check, you open it, and it says $15.2 million. Yeah, guess who else has a signing bonus? If you tell me Cody Cece, I'm going <laughs> to hang up again. No, David Clarkson has a signing bonus, oh. $2.25 million. Uh, you're welcome, David Nonis. That's, you're welcome. Modified no trade clause, by the way. Again, you're welcome from Dave Nonis. 
God. You know how Vetchkin's on pace for like 60 goals? Yeah. You think I bet he does it. All right. <laughs> to know. I bet he does it. I bet he does it. Well, Alex, I'm going to get the NHL standings up in front of me quickly. We're going to have a little word about this. Just see how the teams are doing. Uh, it's not like we're scratching together a segment for the episode here because nothing else has happened. But if I told you that there is a team at the top of the Central Division who is 32-15-8, and eight, a 19 goal differential, plus 19, if I said that was the St. Louis Blues, what would you say? I would believe you. Would you, though? Because did you see that apparently Vladimir Tarasenko is skating? That is good. That is good. Yes. That is good. Do you tell me that's not a good thing for the team? Um, I don't think it's a good thing because if I'm them, I'm saying, no, Vlad, go take a rest so I can go get Chris Kreider. Uh, yeah, like I, fit in there, I think. Yeah, because he's 700,000. Yeah. First, it's like I mean, you know, there's a deal to be made for that team uh, to bring someone in. I mean, I bet I say the heat, I say they do it. Uh, they're smart. I, <laughs> sorry, I just love that. Okay. Yeah, I say they do it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there, there's obviously Chris Kreider, there's Tyler Toffoli. Ilya Kovalchuk. I mean, we'll get to Ilya Kovalchuk later because I know now you want to keep him, but I still don't think that's the right move. All right. <laughs> you know, it's really funny, Alex. I'm looking at all the gold differentials in the Western Conference. The second highest is the Blues of 19. Do you know what the highest gold differential is? Tell me. It's Colorado. Again, Blues, 19. Colorado, 41. Wow. Compared to the that is. West, they are just... And they've had some injury problems this year. You know what the weird thing about the West is this year? Can it, I don't know if you have it up, but the Calgary Flames currently have a goal differential of negative 20, mm-hmm. and they sit in the second wild card spot. It's dumb. I don't. It's very weird. They have. You know, we might as well talk about them quickly. The Flames have not been very good since they got their butts handed to them by the Edmonton Oilers. It sucks because Calgary won every other game of the Battle of Alberta except that last one, and it's just scattered them. They're the only team currently in a playoff spot that has a minus goal differential in the Western Conference. Uh, in le- in the. <laughs> How about the East, too? The the Carolina Hurricanes, who also sit in the second wildcard spot in the the Eastern Conference, have a goal differential of 26. And I know know this plus-minus goal differential isn't a stat to go by, but that's 46 goals. Mm Mm-hmm. That's I, I a huge it, difference. It says something, again, yeah, we don't want to give too much to goal differential, but only four teams in the East actually have a minus one, and it's New Jersey, Ottawa, Detroit, and Buffalo. Those are all just terrible teams, and they're, those are teams that are out of it. 
Meanwhile, and you know, even a team like Montreal who was fighting still are only plus three. The Rangers plus two. The Leafs is plus thirteen. I thought that'd be a lot worse. But anyway, um, I want one interesting thing about Calgary as well is they currently sit sixty points. Now the National Predators are a point behind them with two games in hand. That is another team that's been struggling. Our Nashville, they've won two straight. I wonder. If now, because I believe also Nashville beat Calgary last night, which was such a massive win. What kind of move does Calgary have in their back pocket? Because they, I think they really do need to make one. And moving for a league like they did, they have a cap room to do something. Well, Giordano, we weren't sure about Giordano. Obviously, he left. Uh, not It wasn't the Nashville game. I think it was the game before uh, with a lower body injury. And... They came back and it was pretty much. I think they said he was out a week. Uh, if you can look that f- up for yeah. me, uh, out a week. So they they really saved themselves from a long term injury to an extremely important player for their team. I say they go out and make a move. You know they've been. Ta- I feel like we've heard we heard this a while ago and nothing's really happened. That. Um, they're either looking for a center or they're looking for a winger, depending on what Elias Lindholm turns into. And it seems like Elias Lindholm has been playing uh, down the center. I'll check their daily face off. So they could be a potential suitor for um, for a Chris Kreider, for um, a Tyler Toffoli. You know, or do they want to add on the back end? You know, you bring in someone, anyone, like, you know, literally just depth defenseman. Because I think with the team they have, do they need to bring in a big name on the back end? I wouldn't think. And yeah, uh, Marty Giordano was listed week to week with a hamstring injury. but Week to uh, week. Of course, Brad Living did say that they dodged a bullet with it, so... Also, the remember the Flames were very closely linked. They almost got Nazem Kadri. They apparently almost got Jason Zucker out of Minnesota. So it seems to be they've just been close, but no cigar on a lot of moves. And uh, Mark Bergevin will tell you, you start losing patience. And I wonder if the Flames have another disappointing season, if maybe Brad Living's job is no longer... Sorry, if, if it's on the line. And also... Johnny Goudreau, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not a flame come next September. But I don't, I don't know why. It's just uh, yeah, he's had such a different season. And I think it might have been Freeman on Thirty One Thoughts who said that apparently they were looking at trading one of their core members if the season doesn't go well. And I don't think you're going to trade Sean Monahan at Centerman. And so Johnny Goudreau, who just seems to do too much whenever his team is in a bad decision. Also, Alex, the Coyotes' first wild card spot, the Chicago Blackhawks who are three, um, three places out of that wild card spot, separated by three points. So the West, man, it's still a complete crapshoot. And I want to see about the Coyotes, 2-5-3 and three in their last time. Of course, they're missing their star goaltender. Taylor Hall hasn't put, in, put up the goals, I'd say, but he's still been, I think, just over a point per game. What's going to go on with the Yotes there? Yeah, you look at what's, what they they need to do. Um, obviously, they're missing Darcy Kemper, who is a huge. Obviously, it's a huge loss to 
to the team, do you look at bringing in another forward? You know, you you went. It seems like you go you went all in for Taylor Hall. I, I don't think it makes sense to say, oh, the season's over. That doesn't look good, especially if you want to bring back Taylor Hall. You know, you go out and make another move. What is that move exactly? Again, and there's a whole list of rentals that we've talked about. What's really sad, Alex, is just to shift gears to the Eastern Conference, because the West, we don't care about the Western Conference. <laughs> um, I, I, I know I said Detroit could go on a bit of a run here, but I just did the math. If they get if they win all of their remaining games, they they can only get a possible 54 points. So you put that together, they could only have a maximum of 84 points. So as much as I had some faith in the Detroit Red Wings, they're not going to be able to do it. They don't. I was trying to know. I was about to say, do they not have eight? They don't even have eight, ten wins on the season, though. That is their home record. They are 13, 38, and four. But anyway, shifting gears to the Eastern Conference, the Penguins and the Washington Capitals are at the top of the Metro. It's currently a dogfight for that third spot. It really, on any given day, could be Columbus, the Islanders, or even the Carolina Hurricanes. So I don't really know what else to say there, except the Islanders are not as hot as they were to start the year. And I don't want to say, I told you so, but the Islanders, if they don't, you know, fix some stuff up here, they could fall out. I don't think that's... Gonna happen. Like why? You've got Elvis Merch Lincolns and his merry band of men held together right. by bubblegum and, and duct tape on the Columbus. You just explained it right. That is the exact reason. Why you don't believe in Elvis Merch Lincolns? It again, we've had this discussion about other teams before. How long does goaltending last for? It regresses. You mean we Yes, the Edmonton Oilers are still, let's see, where are they right now? Yeah, they're, they're third in the division, but their goaltending has regressed. Buffalo, uh, last time I checked at the beginning of the season, both goalies were like 920 save percentage. I, I can't even tell you where they are right now. Uh, who else? Like the Hurricanes. Peter Morazic had a great year last year. Great year. How about now? You know what I mean? Uh, the fly, I don't think the fly... If if Carter Hart, depending on how much longer he's out, it seems like the team is really with him. I, I don't know if... The, I think they can make the playoffs. I don't know if they push for that third spot. But I think the goaltending in Columbus regresses. I don't think I'm going to agree with you there because... Maybe even if Elvis Merz-Lincolns falls down, which, yeah, that would be uh, safe to assume. But even if he goes to league average, Jonas Corposalo also has had a 9-13 this year. And, yeah, he's had some injury mm-hmm. problems. But if you start getting healthy and even just get some, reg- you know, league average goaltending, let's say, that keeps you in that race, let's say the least figure their crap out, one of them are Florida – are going to end up falling in that wild card spot, I'd say. I don't think so. I don't think so. What, you're just uh, dead set against... You don't think Columbus are going to get in that divisional spot? 
No, what I'm saying is I don't think Florida is going to – if Florida does not make the third – if Florida or Toronto don't make the third divisional spot, I don't know if they make the playoffs. They're – right now, okay, they're only two points behind the Hurricanes and they're four points behind the Blue Jackets. I did not know Columbus had that many points. Oh, wow. They have 67 points. I don't know. I think Florida and Toronto are battling for that third spot. Are battling for that third spot in the Atlantic. I don't think an Atlantic team makes the wild card. I, I, oh, that's true. Well, I you know I don't know, but, but uh, that that's a, it's a tough one. Listen, all I'm saying is I like Columbus, I really do. I like Tortorella. Their goaltending is better than Florida's. So even if let's say, because I I I have a very strong opinion that I'm pretty sure that the, that the Leafs are going to get in that that third spot, right? Mm-hmm. I really do think so. And I look but at to Florida, say but. To say the Islanders aren't going to make the playoffs, that means they're going to drop off more than the Blue Jackets and the Hurricanes, and I don't think that's happening. No, I think I was exaggerating there. I'm going to forget about the three divisional spots in the Metro. I think those are a given barring disaster, right? I mean, the way the Islanders play is if not, the Islanders lose a star player, oh, wait, they don't have any star players. That's a that's a committee team, so they're... I think that's just me trying to be cheeky with the Islanders, but... And then Boston and Tampa Bay or Boston Tampa Bay. That's not a problem. Let's ignore those guys for a minute. That's not it's not those teams aren't moving. Boston finishes first in the division, Tampa Bay finishes second. You should, Unless I, something drastic happens. So if if we want to take a bad Alex, then let me ask you this cuz we're obviously going to talk about Toronto in a little bit. And you you're normally quite quite honest about your team here. Do you see the Leafs? And of course, we haven't seen Jack Campbell even play yet, but knowing what you know about your team and how they're coached by Sheldon Keefe, do you think the Leafs are going to eventually get that third wildcard spot? Sorry, the third divisional spot? Or do you think it will be the Panthers? Let's let's figure out that. I think they get the third wild I think th- they get the third wildcard spot. Uh, third, sorry, third divisional spot. Okay. So let's then say that the wild card race, because the the Flyers are still right there. So then let's say it's going to be a dogfight. That's dog four fight. teams. Yes. Then it's going to be a dogfight between the Panthers, the Hurricanes, the Blue Jackets, and the Flyers. Wow. And they are... That's messy. And, and they, they're separated by two points right now. Flyers and Carolina, 65. Columbus, 67. And even when you bring in the Panthers, that's 64 points. Still only a point behind, and they have a game in hand over all those teams. I have no idea which teams are going to make it. Give me one second, and let me think about it. All right. Why Let me look. I'm also going to point out Here's that... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. Here's the thing. is is Sergey Bobrovsky is kind of turning it on lately. And I'm now going to contradict what I'm about to say, what I said before. 
I think if Sergei Bobrovsky keeps it on, they make a wild they make a wild card spot. I'm just quickly looking at. I'm. Assuming, do you have his, his last five games in front of him? I don't. I can get that for you. All right, because I, I just want to make sure because I, I I quickly I saw Hockey DB and his save percentage is still below 900. So I'm a tad worried there about him. And I like Carolina a lot. He's two one and two in his last five. What are his, what's his save percentage looking like? Uh, so. Uh, Chicago, 20, January 21st, 914. Then against Montreal, 886. Then Toronto, 912. Then Columbus, 978. And then February 6th, the last night against the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, 793. So there are some good starts in there, yeah, but uh, I don't know. You I, don't think he can keep it on? I, I think the real big a big question with the Panthers is going to be can they outscore their problems? I think that's what's okay. going to... The big question here is, yeah, can the Panthers... If I'm looking at all these teams, I think Florida, can you outscore your problems? All right? Carolina, can you tough through this Dougie Hamilton deal and can James Reimer keep you in it? Columbus... Can your goaltending, even at, let's say it goes to league average, can you somehow get healthy and keep yourself afloat? And I don't know what it is. I don't believe in Philly. I'm going to say Philly are out of this right away. Really? Yeah, I don't know what it is about Philly, but, like, they've just, they always feel meh to me. And they can't score. It's so weird. Do you think, just going back to Florida here, do you think Florida goes out and makes a trade for a defenseman? Uh, I don't know. What, like a Vatnin or? Someone, anyone, I think. Uh, is Keith Yandel right-handed or left-handed? I will check. Keith Yandel. He's left-handed. Never mind. Um, you know... I have their defensive pairings up. You have Yandel, Ekblad, uh, Riley Stillman, Anton Strowman, Michael Matheson, and Josh Brown. Now, obviously, I don't think Michael Matheson has turned out to be the player that the Panthers expe- expected him to be, cons- considering after he signed that seven-year contract. Um, you, you know, do you think they go out and make a trade? You look what the defense market is right now. Um, I mean, you got Sammy Vatnin who can play on the left. You have Alec Martinez, who's left-handed, is that, but he has this year and next year. What's the defense market look like for rentals? Mm. See, you're, uh, I don't know why, but when you bring up Chicago and defensemen, I'm not thinking of that market. Okay, there are two. There are two players I'm thinking of right away. A Tommy. because one of these guys were linked. Obviously, he has some history of Quinville. There has been some talk about trading him, and yes, he has term. But who? I would trust Duncan Keith. 
I don't think so. Or if you want to go the rental market, Eric Gustafson. Here's the thing with Florida is let me tell you their cop situation. Can you tell me how much cop space they have off the top of your head? Um, I'm going to guess it's less than $3 million because half the league has no cap space. I'm gonna, I'm Currently, so close, $221,831. Wait, wait, wait. $221,831. Wow. So yeah. They're not making any type of like listen okay next year you have 16 million that's without the uh cap increase and who you have to resign uh let's see let's see here can we talk about how mark pissick on strawman deal is by the way okay you have to resign mike kaufman again that enough you know i don't think it makes sense right there alone I don't know how much sense it makes to bring in a player with term. Unless you're kind of like, I don't think they bring back both Dadanov or Hoffman. I think they choose between one of them. And at this point, I, I would say trade one of them, but I know they're not because they're still in the playoff hunt. It would make the market 10 times better you know you look at the look at the nba trade deadline which was yesterday which was thursday it, it's 10 times more exciting than the uh, nhl one wasn't there a four-way trade yeah yeah that's ridiculous well alex just to close off this the whole thing of the standings then just give me so f- toronto has the third atlantic spot then who do you think is taking those two wild cards then Um, Columbus and the Panthers. I changed my mind. The Panthers are going to make the playoffs. And you, I don't think as well. Pardon? And and Columbus, you're saying? Yeah. Why? I don't think. Well, I think they're similar in a sense to the Islanders in that it's not. a two-player scoring, everyone is scoring. Um, the only doubt I have with the the Blue Jackets is their goaltending, and the fact that not a whole there's not a whole lot of total experience going on there. Fair enough. Fair enough. Whereas, sure. and, and I don't think the Hurricanes are. I think the Hurricanes are going to miss, and the Flyers. By the way, if Carolina make the playoffs, if we're both wrong about this, uh, they're going to the conference finals, by the way. They're going to win the cup if we're wrong about this. Oh, of course. Uh, Now, Toronto, Montreal, Alex. There's two big things to talk about. A call-up and a trade. Where do we want to start? We can go with the call-up. All right. Can you just, just give me a second here? All right. Hold on. Jake Evans! Jake Evans has been called up, ladies and gentlemen. It's happened. It's about damn time. Former captain, Notre Dame, 
Frozen 4 finalist. Seventh round pick. That is drafting, ladies and gentlemen. Move over, Andreas Janssen. Right-handed, coach's player. Not the, the fastest, not the best shot, but damn it, he's a player. We're 71. Laval's leading scorer. Let me just bring up some more stats about Jake, Jake Evans here. Finally, finally. 1996, June 2nd, Toronto born. But they passed on him. That's right. This guy. What year was he drafted? Two, 2014. Oh. 207th overall. While I quickly... That is the fourth last player in this draft. Ladies and gentlemen. The same round as the likes of Pierre Engvall. Andre Kasha, Victor Olison. What a seventh round. Oh, my God. That's a really good seventh round. But anyway, Alex, he was good. He was playing with Kovalchuk and Domi. They were good. He was keeping up. It only took half the team being sick. And Shea Weber also being put on the IR for a week, which we will not talk about. But Jake Evans is here. And he's here to stay. Move Is on. he, though? I hope so. He's earned it. He really I don't is. think so. Jake Evans is here. If Nick Thompson gets moved, I think Jake Evans is a permanent spot on this team. Jake Evans. But what, what, how about when the team gets... Sorry. What, how about when the team gets fully healthy? How about... When Jake everyone's Evans. back... Well, no, I, I, again, I think the only way he has a spot on this team is if Nate Thompson gets traded. Because Thompson, no matter what, has a roster spot. And But how about Paling when he, Jonathan Duran comes back? He plays – oh, well, Paling will probably be sent down. <laughs> it really – well, first of all, here's what should happen. Nick Cousins, Nate Thompson, and Jordan Wheel should all be traded. And then you make room for those young guys down the stretch because don't be delusional. Because no, I, Alex, Alex, don't I started my sentence. What should happen? Because what? Also, the NCAA season I think is actually done pretty. It's not. It, it gets done towards. Is it well, like February or something? And the Badgers are not good, so Cole Caulfield needs a spot as well. Now, again, this is what should happen, Alex. We had this whole this last week. We had a really good talk about what should happen. What should happen, Alex, is Ilya Kovachuk should get moved, and I think I think he will get you a second because Eric Engels wrote a piece about some teams who are interested in him, and I think it would with the interest you could get a second, maybe even a fourth as well, maybe make it conditional. I don't know. But, like, legitimately, I think you get a second no issue for really at Golbachev. See, when I watch a hockey game, I'm like, I love this guy and I want him to stay. I think he has 11 points in 13 games. But then you take a step back and you realize, oh, no. Stop it, guys. Stop it. We need to, we all need to take a second here. Take a step back and realize the good of this team. Now, the Habs are 7-3 in their last 10. You can say what you want. They, you can say how they're only four points behind the Leafs, but the Leafs have two games in hand. And listen, okay, 
The Habs have been really... I think it's eight of their last 11 they've won, but they need to go, I believe it's now... 21 and 9 to make the playoffs or to reach about 97 points. It's not going to happen. Shea Weber, as I said, is out for at least a week with a lower body injury. Jonathan Druin should be back either tomorrow or Monday. But it doesn't matter. They came back 3 nothing to beat the Devils, of course. They, of course, beat the Ducks in the overtime yesterday, Carey Price had a two-pad save. Hope you saw that, Alex, didn't you? Right? No. Saw that? No. Why? It was a great save. Because I wasn't watching hockey last night. His save percentage has been above 920 since December 1st, ladies and gentlemen. So um, have some respect. This is what this season has become, Alex. After December 1st. That's exactly what this is. And he had a 914 in October. You know, if you took away if 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 you took if you took the one the eight game if you took the the two eight game winless streaks, you know, this team would be in a completely different spot. Buddy, if they win if they won a quarter of those games, they're in a playoff spot. That's what's so annoying. You know, if you took away all the team's losses, every team would just have wins. Did you know that? Alex, Alex. <laughs> no, no, that's different. I'm that's just different. saying. So if you no, no, Gary no. Price has had one bad no. month, and it was just Man, the just... worst month that could have happened. No, you know Price. why I bring this up? You, no, listen, the only reason I bring this up is because I've been reading it nonstop from everywhere. You know, if this didn't happen, you know, if we start the season on this date, I get it. I'm just joking around with you. I know. I get it. Well, I respect Carey Price. I go to bed dreaming. Like when, The moment I close my eyes, I see those two eight-game winless streaks, all right? Oh, do you? If they had, like, it's really funny. If the Habs had Ilya Kolbachek to start the season, they're in a playoff spot comfortably. That's what's so dumb. It took, it took like, a 36-year-old who just got outcasted from the other coast. Yeah. This team needed to be successful, and Mark Bergeron has not made a move like that. No, because he doesn't want to screw up the future. Alex, want to give up the mortgage the future, get the term right. Ah, there we go. Don't want to mortgage the future. Ridiculous. They want he they want it to be a have, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what what nothing. is this, this this team like? Nothing has changed from our last show. Nothing is traded. Nothing is sorry. Nothing has changed. I mean, like this podcast. You're right. There's gonna on. be no trades. You're right. You're we, right about that. This podcast may or may not exist in about forty eight hours, depending on how this game tomorrow goes. Because say what you want, tomorrow is a is a big game, no matter how you look at it. Yes, it is. I and mean. It, I, I it has not to be honest from my part from my end it, it it has nothing to do with it being against the Canadians tonight's game against the Ducks is also a big game for the Leafs which every the Leafs game have from no excuse, now by the way the Leafs right. have no excuse yeah every game from now until the final game against the Canadians on April 4th are big games it doesn't matter what team they're playing. It doesn't matter this. It doesn't matter that. 
It's the fact that they're fighting for a playoff position. May, may I may I paint a picture for you quickly? Go ahead. So um, I believe John Gibson was in net for the Ducks last night. So they've played a oh, th- back-to-back. Thank you. So, Thank you for taking John, John Gibson tonight. Well, last night. You're welcome. So that means the Leafs now have a new goalie who is going to start tonight against the Ducks who are on the back half of a back-to-back, and they're either going to play Ryan Miller or John Gibson, who is will be playing in back-to-back <laughs> nights. So, Alex, do you, I think first, I think the, the right thing to do would be talking about the trade. That would probably be the right thing to do. Because we, we um, the Rangers game, but like, like honestly, who cares? Kyle, Dude I can tell you. Ex- I'll tell you exactly. Okay, remember the spiel I gave? I gave um, last episode. Which one? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Should I just reinsert it just for the Rangers game? Sure. Because that's pretty much that's pretty much what I would say. Um, but I'm not. So let's just skip that, the Rangers game, you know, same old stuff. If you are living under a rock um, or some reason have been sleeping for the last 48 hours, the Leafs have made a trade. Mm -hmm. They traded Trevor Moore, um, a third round pick this year, and a conditional third round pick next year for Jack... Campbell, backup goalie, and one Kyle Clifford. Now, that condition is if I believe if Campbell wins six games this season, that can that third becomes a second, or if Clifford resigns, it becomes a second. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's the condition. Um, I have some interesting facts. Uh, Clifford also has five hundred. Uh, sorry, fifty percent of his salary retained. Fifty percent of his salary. I have some fast facts. All right, good uh, to know, Jenna there. Fisher. But his <laughs> fast facts. I just, I just wanted to see if you'd catch on. Um, number one, uh, Jack Campbell was actually the first player Kyle Dubas traded for in the OHL. A nineteen-year-old goalie. For the Sioux St. Marie Greyhounds. And number two, Ooh. Kyle Clifford was Kyle Dubas's first client as an agent. I think he was his first client. He was, yes. Those are my two fast facts. Um, now let's get to the trade. If you've been listening to this podcast since episode one, you know that the Leafs desperately needed a backup goalie who wasn't named Michael Hutchinson and who was not named Garrett Sparks. Or Casimir Kaskiswo. Or Casimir Kaskiswo. Um, they finally got Jack Campbell. Now, I understand. There's, There's... Here's the thing with this trade is this is a trade that had to be done. 
I think a lot of people are happy with the trade because, you know, it brings in a backup goalie and it brings in something that this team does not have, which is grit. Kyle Dubas has come out and said, listen, yes, we prioritize skill over grittiness. He's not going to... He's not going to bring in someone who can barely play hockey but can throw a hit. That doesn't, again, that's not his style. But Kyle Clifford can somewhat play the game of hockey and he can throw a hit. He has good Corsi. He, he has good Corsi. It makes sense to play him on the fourth line. You want to play him 10 minutes? Go right ahead. It's not like he's going to be a major detriment to this team. To sit there and tell me, oh, we really need Matt Martin? I'm sorry. I lo- I love Matt Martin, you know, the years he spent on the Leafs. But no. No. It doesn't make sense. said that? They want Matt Martin back? Pardon? Have people asked Pardon? you been making the Matt Martin comparison? Last year, people were asking to bring Matt Martin back. Uh, oh, by the way, just one more little tip. If you're pulling the Jenna Fisher thing, I want to pull out the Angela Kenzie little notes. Um, a bit, a little snippet of this deal. Next year, Jack Campbell has an extension that kicks in, which fulfills the expansion rules for the Leafs needing to uh, expose a goalie. So, Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Listen, From there's been – at the end of the day, I don't think you can sit here and tell me any deal is perfect. I'd no. highly, I'd highly disagree with that statement that every deal is perfect. So I'm going to go in on this deal a little bit. Uh, the, let me be clear. I love the deal. It fixes two pro- – it fills two holes that team has been ne- – that. I, for how long have I been complaining that this team needs to fill? It fills the grittiness and it fills the backup goalie position unless he shows me something tonight that is worse than Michael Hutchinson. At this point, it's not, I wouldn't say it's too late that, that they got a goalie because at the end of the day, how many games is he actually going to play? Six? He's not going to play a whole lot of games this year for the Leafs unless, I mean, he's Anderson's missing uh, this game, tonight's game, and tomorrow's game for sure. I don't think, unless Anderson is out long longer term than we thought, I don't think this that Campbell's going to be playing a whole lot of games. But did, did you know that the... The Leafs' backups this year have gotten nine points. I may have listened to good show and known that. <laughs> nine. That is a little low. And by a little, I mean a whole lot of low. They should have done this earlier. Uh, some would argue that this is a big price to pay for a goalie, especially a backup goalie. I mean, okay, so Kasperi Kapanen, Rasmus Sandin, William Nylander, Austin Matthews, and John Tavares to the Rangers for Alex Gorgiev, right? Mm-hmm. Is that is that is that enough? 
I'm not sure. Uh, I think it's good. I, I, I'm not. I'm not sure if that's in it. We might have to throw in a conditional pick. I, I, I don't know. You look at. I I I've read complaints about you know his experience. How, how many NHL games has, has Alex Georgiev played? How many NHL games has Casey DeSmith played? Those are the two young compare or youngish comparable goalies that would have been brought into Toronto. Now, last episode I listed Ryan Miller, who I don't think would come to Toronto because of his no trade clause. Jimmy Howard, who I think I, I don't think he's had I don't even think he has five wins this season. He has two. Uh, he has two wins. Okay. And Craig Anderson, who I don't think wants to leave Ottawa, and I don't know if Toronto would be the place for him. Even though every time he plays against the Leafs, it's he's fantastic. This goalie, sure, this year he has a 900 save percentage. Considering the team he's playing in front is absolute garbage, I'd like to see him play in front or behind the Leafs tonight. I can't make an assessment considering he's been playing behind whatever the hell that team is. Like, sorry, Drew Doughty and Anze Kopitar, but it's not the LA Kings of three years ago. Um, you know, Brian Burke was on a good show yesterday talking about talking about what they got. And J.D. Bunkus was talking, asking him if they could have got a, a better price earlier in the year. And his response was no. Um, I think I, they would have asked for the same price. And you remember uh, towards the end of last year, and I also think the beginning of this year, the Leafs were rumored to go out and get Kyle Clifford. That was a potential uh, bring in by Dubis. But the the Kings really did not want to give up uh, uh, Clifford just because they thought they were going to be in it. At the end of the day, I think this trade... Pardon? Which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I, I think this trade is what the team needed. I don't think, unless Jack Campbell completely just takes a crap in his own bed, I don't think the deal is that bad. I think the problem with the deal is that it's February 7th. And that's when the deal was made. Mm-hmm. And I know we ha- and I know we had this conversation. And le- I- I'm going to shift gears a little bit here. We had this conversation off the podcast, and I believe we started it on the last episode. What the Leafs do with their defense? You know, once Riley comes back, I don't. I don't know what move you make because you have okay Riley Barry as your first pairing. Uh, Muzzin Hall as your second pairing. And I think Sandine is an NHL player this year. So Sandine on the left, Dermot on the right. Now, what do you do there? You know, Cody's, I don't think Cody Cece's playing. You know, he's out for at least a month. At least a month. He's going to be reevaluated in a month. What happens there? 
I don't know what the move is because, you know, we always talk about, you know, oh, we need 10 defensemen in in the playoffs because defensemen get injured. Okay, so you have your six uh, right there that I mentioned. Cody CC can come in and play a game. Martin Marincin, uh Timothy Lilligren, who might play tonight. Um, ben Harper, if you have to. Uh, you know, there's players there that, okay, do you want to, at this point, it's like the Jets did last year, uh, made these trades, you know, Brad and Matt Hendricks brought in Nathan Beaulieu. That is a potent, those are the potential moves that I could see. Right now, I don't think Kyle Dubis goes out and makes a big trade for a defenseman. You know, he's no. looking at he he's looking at bringing Jake Muzzin back. He's not even talked. It hasn't even seemed like he's talked to Tyson Berry. So I think Tyson Berry's all but gone. I think, you know, do they? And, and I don't want to get optimistic on this just because I don't think this is. A high possibility they make a push for Petrangelo. I don't know how, but we'll see. Um, I think it's a move that can be made for the off season. You want to bring in a Matt Dumba, okay? Bring in Matt Dumba in the off season. Then your pairings look a little bit different. You have Sandine and Lilligren. I think by this time next year, at least, I think much earlier. I think in September. Lily Grin will be a better NHL player uh, than what he is now. There's there's holes to fill, but now I don't think is the time to do it. Well, Alex, it's it's sure shaping up to be an important game, not only tonight but tomorrow. So, has it been confirmed that Jack Campbell is starting tonight? Yes. So, first of all, Alex, what happens if he goes out there tonight and doesn't have a good game? I have no idea. I might start crying. Because <laughs> he, re- like, I-, I told you a bit about it today. Like, the Ducks are a team they should beat, and the Leafs have every opportunity to win tonight. And I don't think they want to blow it, then have to go back to back, depending on how this game with Campbell goes, either him playing another game or Michael Hutchinson, who has been made to look like a fool against the Habs a lot, as, as well as a possibility of a returning Jonathan Druin. Um, I don't think Campbell plays back-to-back, even if he has a good night tonight. I don't think he plays back-to-back. I think either way, Hutchinson plays tomorrow. I don't know how much I like that, but it is what it is, man. Like I said, uh, pardon? Go go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. At the end of the day, I said this before, every single game is important. No matter what team you're playing. You could be playing the Detroit Red Wings. I don't care. I had, we had this discussion. I had this discussion yesterday with someone. Because uh, we were talking about the Leafs, and he's like, yeah, man, like, they suck. He's like, on paper, they're a great team. And I said, yeah, but on on the ice, it has not worked yet. You know what the issue is? We've talked about it, I think, for this is would be my third straight episode talking about it, is this freaking killer instinct. 
this maturity level to say, hey, we're not even in a playoff spot right now. Wake up. Because it's going to, this city is not going to find it funny when they're not in the playoffs. It's going to be a real kick in the balls when the, if the team doesn't make the playoffs. I think a kick in the balls is putting it a little light. Yeah. Okay. It's a uh, five kicks in the balls. Five to 20 kicks in the balls. What were you saying before? <laughs> well, okay, then. Let me, let me ask you this, then. Okay. What do you expect out of the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight? As a whole, as a group? Okay. What I expect out of this team tonight... So, I know I keep going back to this point, but what I expect out of the team tonight, what I expect out of the team tomorrow night, what do I expect out of the team... Their next game, the game after that, until game 82. I want to see the entire team give a crap. I want to see, I don't want to see these stupid defensive errors. I I, I don't want to see unnecessary pinches. At the end of the day, I understand this team is offense first. I love it. I love it. I love seeing six goals a game. I love seeing whatever, but unnecessarily pinching. And I'm going to quote him again. It's all about the details. It's all about the details. details. He's not wrong. This (laughs) team doesn't focus. And, and I, and I thought, you know, at first when he got put, not not shoving it down my throat, but throwing it in my in the face, was it, it, it is man the, okay details yeah that's fine, but you watch you sit there and watch the team play and you see times where okay uh, unnecessary here unnecessary there unnecessary here, well no wonder things aren't going your way you you're not playing like you're supposed to. It, it it doesn't make sense. So this this team right now needs to focus on the details. Play. Listen, you know who's having a great freaking season? Neil since Andrew. Sheldon. No. Si- yes, but he's having a great season too. But since Sheldon Keith has been, has got Brian in, Austin Matthews is having a stellar season. And I feel like not like obviously everyone still is still talking about Austin Matthew. You know he's scoring almost he's almost at forty goals, but his two way game has very much improved. He's and, trying, and he's trying, and I think that for some reason he's trying, but no one's no one's saying, oh, you know he's trying. That must mean something. You know, you look at other teams. You look at Ovechkin. When Ovechkin is just going out there and just crushing people, you don't see Ovechkin crush people for fun. But when you go, when he goes out there and he crushes people and he goes and gets the puck and he gets in there, that wakes the team up. For some reason, that's not happening on this team. 
And I said it last episode. You can't play five minutes. Those five minutes that they don't play properly can cost them a game, can cost them a series in the playoffs. Which it has. Which it's it cost has. And it's cost it them has, a series. It has them. It got them last year. It got them the year before. It got them in 2013, and half of these players weren't even there. None of them. None of them were here. Gardner and Gardner and Kadri were the last two players here in 2013. Now, no one. That's it. That's it. What do you expect from Montreal? Um, the same thing that I always do and that I know I'm going to get is I want 60 minutes. I want effort. I want them to use their speed. But one thing I expect them to be better at is they need to tighten up defensively. They have a really they're kind of like the Leafs in that regards that sometimes like the defensive collapses they can have are a real big problem. Uh, especially with Shea Weber being out, they called up Laval captain Xavier Huallet, who's had a really good season in the AHL, but again, how much does that really matter? It's going to be down to Jeff Petrie to take up arms there and, you know, turn into the. He's always better when Weber's not healthy, which is the weirdest thing. So it's going to be up to those young guys. And God, I cannot hope. Apparently, Druin has the green light. But it's up to him if he's going to play tomorrow. Remember, he was only supposed to be up eight to ten weeks. That was in the middle of November. We're now in February. So, uh, I mean, I, I think if Jonathan Druin comes back tomorrow, it's going to give a real big boost to that team and the arena because, of course, the game is in Montreal. And that's a very big factor is, of course, least fans love to travel there. And I'm a bit biased here because, of course, I'm going to the game, and I really do hope that the lads put on a good performance. But I know Carey Price has been better, so you can expect him to be it. But the big thing is, is you know, capitalize on the Leafs' mistakes if they make them, because when the Leafs are on, they're a scary f-ing team. And I don't know. I just I want my boys to play a full 60 minutes and learn how to play the last minute of the period, really, because they're still allowing goals in the last minute. They did that. Against the Devils, I think, but I think that's I think we're good. Beside that, that's what I expect out of my team, and I expect two points in regulation, and Jake okay. Evans to get a hat trick, or Ryan Palin. Sure. It's <laughs> not gonna be a fun episode on Wednesday. Uh, it's not. It's not. Well, you know, again, last time this happened. The Habs won, and you just ignored it. <laughs> you were just like, mean no, I ignored it? You just ignore that it even happened. So let me tell you, if the Habs lose this game, I'm going to pretend it never happened. Okay. That's funny. But anyway. I'm still that, going to talk about it. Well, and I'll do the same if we win. Okay. When we win. If. You win. It's going to be a big win. Massive win. Habs sure. are going to win. Anyway. Uh, yeah, sure. I think that is everything for today, though. Alex, do you have anything more to say while I double-check the Twitter for any sort of late news? Uh, you should definitely check out the Instagram and YouTube page for the two-on-one podcast. I like that. 
that's what I have to say. I also think people should check out our social medias and wherever you're listening to the show, whether it's on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, any sort of stuff like that, if you can rate, review, follow this podcast, why not do that? I think you should. All those things, as uh, J.D. Bunkus would say, do all the things. Uh, check out my YouTube channel, because why wouldn't you? It's awesome. Uh, stop listening to 31 Thoughts in the Steve Daniel podcast. Because why would you need to after listening to this show? In fact, how about you tweet at those people saying to come on our show? <laughs> how about Jesse Blake? I'd love to just talk to Jesse for an hour. That'd be awesome. But anyway, I think that's everything. Yeah, yeah. Alex, Alex, have one more, one more thing, one more thing. Let's come up with the name of the episode on air. I have no idea. I You're better at it than I am. All right. Um, how about what do we talk about the standings? Um, how about we talk about uh, how about we look at, you know, all that type of stuff. Alex, I regret this decision. Why don't we end the episode and figure it out afterwards? Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.